The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Sam Hughes gets her first UFC finish. That's a huge, huge result for Sam Hughes tonight. I am just a dog and I'm ready to work. I'm not scared to get hit. I love wrestling and the sky's the limit. Sam! Sam Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. I should have made for it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, Welcome. I'm so stupid. I, I I came a half hour early today. I forgot that we don't. I, I thought we tape a half hour earlier than we do. Um, I'm just dumb. I got no sleep last night. Um, and we have two guests today, Matt. We have the Schmo, who co-hosts uh, Henry Cejudo's, uh podcast. And we also have Sam Hughes. Great win. Uh, third round TKO on Saturday night. She did, Doug Bell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? How are you? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Are you a little tuckered, my friend? Very, oh, man, I'm so tired today. I'll do all the heavy lifting today. No, I know. I, every I feel show, bad. I might as well do it once. Scorn. Sorry, I've watched a lot of Viking shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Before they drink, they go, Scorn. Are you drinking mead? Scorn. I don't know, but I think I got a Game of Thrones. Oh, winter is here. Oh, okay. Are you really saying that so much unless the stalks are going to be in that prequel? I'm talking about Game of Thrones. You know, they're coming out with the prequels. Oh, okay. I'll watch that. I'll watch that shit too, Jimmy. Um, we should I was going to say, it's a show. We're going to talk about the fights, but it shows Schmo's here already. Yep. And I'm curious as to what he thought about that uh, Holly Holm, uh, Ketlin Vieira fight. Uh, I will say for the record, I did not agree with the decision, but. I'm, I'm going to, well, I'm going to talk about it on air. Yeah, we are on air. I know. I want <laughs> We couldn't be more on air than we are right now. <laughs> I thought it was close, and I, I yes. want to talk about. It. I want to talk about it with the Shmo in the room. Okay, let's bring him in. Let's hear what he says. It was very close, um, but I, I think I gave two and four to Ketlin. It, it might have came down to the third round, but too many people were giving Andre Pettaderis a hard time, saying, "Oh, the own coach said she lost three rounds." You, if there's ever doubt, you have to say that. And I love the way he was fired up. That's what you need. Just like I like when. Uh, uh, Safe Saeed was with uh, who's going to be on later? Sam Hughes. Sam Hughes, yeah. He was just like, yeah, let's fucking finish her. He didn't say that. What's the, how do I turn on this audio and Hold video? On. That didn't sound like the schmo. I'm just letting you know you're the schmo. And that did not sound like an average Joe. Help out the schmo with the show. Yeah. Let's go. We got to go. Yeah. Well, you learn and you grow. If I was single, I'd have a hoe. I'm so tired. I'd blow. Jimmy, you fucking blow, Jimmy. All right, let's stop. Hope I don't ruin the show. I want to stop. All right. Sorry. Gentlemen, I apologize. Technical difficulties. It's okay, though. I heard somebody in there working on your computer, though. They had a different voice. It was somebody else. That person left. But now we got the show. Yes, Schmo. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, Mr. Sarah. Good to see you, Jimmy. It's about damn time you have the Schmo on the show. Well, we've been pushing for it, but they, for some reason, has been delays. We assumed it was on your end. We never know what's delaying something. Exactly. Well, now we're here. That's all that matters. It is all that matters. I got on memory lane with the Schmo, Jimmy, when I first met the Schmo. When? Ally Ally Aquinta brought him 
or he was doing an interview with Ally Aquinda, and I never, or was it for Aljo? You remember when you visited Sarah BJJ? It was for Raging L, but Aljo jumped in, so it turned to be both of them. I didn't know how to take the schmo, Jimmy. Now, me and the schmo are buddies. We broke some bread over in Abu Dhabi and in the Fight Island. Now we're friends. Yeah. Now we're, friend, we're friendly. We're, we're good acquaintances. But at first, I didn't, I, was, I didn't know how to take them, so I'm not sure if I liked them. And we were a little bit like, we didn't really like, we were like, uh, you know, I don't know. You tell me, Schmo, we didn't really. And then, we, right, the first time. I would say you were a little standoffish inside the gym. You're like, what the hell is this guy doing inside the gym over here? Yeah, it was your gym. I was trying to be as gracious as possible. Wanted to chat with you, but uh, you were in your element. And then when we met again, the Schmo came around a little bit towards you, I'd say. But uh, at first, there was a little bit of standoffish. It was. Yeah. I could, Jimmy, I could be like that sometimes. I feel like I have enough friends and I could use some enemies. I, I can picture Matt being stand. I can picture Matt getting introduced to someone and going, yeah, I, I can picture a Matt Sarah standoffishness. If you didn't, if you weren't sure. Jimmy. Yeah. Well, I've mean, never seen it. The schmo came in with all the fucking bells and whistles with the clay. I didn't. I, now I'm used to the schmo. Sure. But I did not know the schmo. So when he came in, I'm like, well, there's a lot to take in. And then he's, and then, but then now, but now he, he grew on me like a ringworm. Now I like him a lot. But isn't how that is with any person you meet for the first time? I mean, you just, I'm always a little, you always, you don't know if you're going to like the guy or not. That's kind of how it always is. It, it's very rarely instant love. It's always like, all right, is this guy good or is he, is he a dickhead? I, I never know for the first few minutes. Jimmy, when I met you, I wanted to put you on my shoulder and just start running down the hallway in the fucking series. I wish I you had. <laughs> so much. That would have been weird. But we got along right off the bat. But anyway, listen, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The show's taken over. He's one of my favorite guys. I like seeing uh, Fight Week interviewing people and stuff because he's catchy. And listen, I don't want to break down any fourth walls. I don't want to fucking break this guy's balls. Mm -hmm. I was with him in Abu Dhabi. And I just want to say this. I want to talk to him. And I was, and I was like, and I'm bullshit with him. I'm like, yo, this is a fuck. He let his guard down a little bit. He let his head down. And I'm like, dude, I, maybe you could. I don't know. I don't want to ruin the story for you because one day he's probably going to write a book. But he was, I'm like, dude, how did, where did you fucking come from, Schmo? And, and, you know, he let it down in a different and maybe a different voice. He told me, he goes, you know where I came from? I was so-and-so. I don't know the other. I don't know his alter ego's name. Let's say the small, let's treat him like a superhero. Okay. So I don't know what happens when the glasses come off. And it's like the Clark Kent thing, except this time Clark Kent, the superhero wears the sunglasses or the glass. So I'm like, I don't know his real name. But he goes, you want to know where the small came from? Because so-and-so is real. The other guy's name, not the, you know, not Schmo, but the guy he used to be. He goes, that guy's been around trying to get in the business doing this now for how many years? No one gave a shit. I put on the fucking glasses. I did the thing. I threw the thing with my thing. Look at me now. Look at me now. Now, Schmo, do you like it when people find out, uh, what do they say, how the sausage is made? Or do you prefer not to have that out there? Don't care whatsoever. The Schmo's not side shy about it. When the Schmo's got the glasses on, it's game time. When the glasses are off, we can be the normal person. You but relax. That's yeah. exactly right. This is what got me to the dance and to dance completely. Nobody gave the other guy a chance. And listen, Jimmy, the who cares least holds all the power. We got to showcase the personalities of these stars. You got to let the guard. This is combat sports. This is fighting, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you get the same monotonous questions over and over and over again? People want to see the personalities. People want to be entertained. And the schmo can still get to the nitty gritty, but the character diffuses the situation where we can get the best out of the subject. He deactivates. He, he, this, what do they call when the police when they uh, de-escalate? He de-escalates. De so guys are in the red, and then all of a sudden he's like, "I'm the," and this is the Joe, and I'm the schmo. And he, no, I don't know what he said, but he, it's very. It's very catchy. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And right away, I'm like, oh, who is this? And all the fighters, besides that one interaction with me and you, has anybody ever, I got, the fighters seem to like it. They seem to go along, like, they seem to be like, this is kind of goofy. And I'm surprised from the very beginning, from the very beginning, Dana seemed to like you, I think. Which is odd because he doesn't like anybody. Well, the Schmo was around covering the UFC for about a year before Dana realized that the Schmo was covering the UFC. It wasn't until that press conference in Atlanta, the seasonal press conference, UFC 236, when the Schmo finally went to the microphone and asked a question. We got the last question. We asked about that 165-pound weight division, which, by the way, Mr. Sarah, maybe you would have competed in back in your heyday, potentially, if that was around. Do I Listen, that's a great, that's true. I was always, listen, you saw, my, how about last night with, uh, two nights ago with Michael Pereira versus fucking, um, 
Panzanibio, yeah. I'm up to both their chests if best. I mean, that was the world weight division. So if there was a 165 or a 160 division, because 155, even though I'm short, I'm so wide, that thing. But I was like Gollum on that scale, bro. So I'm like, that would that 165 division, if I was fighting, I would definitely be more animated about it. <laughs> but that's something I definitely could have fit into. Yeah. Has anybody given you a negative reaction? I would say initially, maybe it was Robbie Lawler when I interviewed him the first time, but he was cutting weight. Back when the UFC, before COVID, had these traditional media days where you'd go up to the red corner, you'd go up to the blue corner, everyone would be sitting down. It'd be like the day they were cutting weight. You know, they'd be going to the saunas that night and everything like that. They're, they're dehydrated. Robbie Lawler, who doesn't like to typically talk to the media, at first he was a little standoffish, and maybe Luke Rockhold too, but me and Luke Rockhold ever since, we're like lamb and tuna fish. That's a Billy Madison reference right there. Sorry, not Billy Madison. That would be Adam Sandler. That would be Big Daddy reference right there. You know, we get along now. It's always good, though, when sometimes you get off to a rocky start and then you realize, like, all right, it was just a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have a, you ever, you're so in this zone of the schmo. Does it ever come out at the wrong time? Like, all of a sudden, you're having a sexual episode. I'm the schmo. I'm going to blow all over you. <laughs> no, seriously. Does it ever come out, like, at the wrong times when you just break into this? You know, these glasses, these glasses are so heavy. The schmo's trained himself to know when it's on or off. You know, these things weigh a lot, so I know when the schmo's activated. And listen, I have been doing impressions for a long time, throughout my entire life. You know, the Borat. The, the, hello, my name is Borat, and uh, I'm like looking like the schmo here, and uh, we come to the US of A to talk to Mr. Matthew Sarah, Mr. Jimmy Norton, here on USA, the passing of five. How we doing? Now, let me ask you, did any girl uh, ever just say, you know what, I, I, I want to bang the schmo, keep them on? Hasn't been able to happen. I got the sh I got Helen right here, and the Helen hates the schmo in bed. So I just got to always be myself. Oh yeah, yeah. Women very rarely. If you're with someone, very rarely do they get a kick out of it. <laughs> they very rarely want that in the sack. I understand. Yeah, he's talking to the right person with you, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, did you ever have to break out um a uh, Doug Bell or a fucking Chip when you're? No, in but I got blown as Chip once. Uh, years ago, my, my girlfriend's a goof because I'm going to blow chip and it was just awful. And I, there was no rod. It was humiliating for all involved. So, yeah, I, I, I get why women, they don't, they don't go for that shit. <laughs> they don't like what we like. How did you and Henry Cejudo hook up? Henry, the king of cringe, has always been a great character. Been great to interview him throughout the time. And uh, we just get along great. He lives in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where my mother lives in Phoenix, Arizona as well. I have a lot of roots there. And him and I just hit it off. You know, he plays that character of the King of Cringe. He had to do that once to get more popular. He liked the Schmo type character. And I don't know, man, him and I just seem to get it off. Like the first UFC event the Schmo actually covered was UFC 227, I believe. It was Demetrius Mighty Mouse 2 against uh, Henry Cejudo when Henry Cejudo became the flyweight champion. It was in Los Angeles at Staples Center. It's either 227 or 229. I believe it was 227. And uh, that was the first time. So the first time the Schmo was actually in person covering an event, Henry Cejudo was fighting on that card. So it, the, the synergy was always there, it seemed. Were you surprised when he stepped down? I was a little bit. I definitely was considering the circumstances of Star Arena, Jacksonville. Uh, the UFC just came back to have this full-blown event. And uh, right there on the stage, he retired there. I, you know, it wasn't so much the fact I was Shocked that he retired. I was shocked he retired right there and then in that situation. Yeah. Hey, Shmo, where, where, where did you grow up? I grew up in the northwest suburb of Chicago, Buffalo Grove, Illinois. And where do you currently live? Las Vegas, Sin City. You are in Sin City. Do you ever visit back home and, and, and the people that knew the former year when you went out the glasses go, fucking Shmo, you made it. I did he say I have to. I visit there, but uh, the Schmo's closer with his college friends. I went to the University of Arizona in Tucson. We're just actually at a wedding in Sedona, Arizona. And that reaction, I got a lot of that last weekend. So actually, that, that came full circle. During this COVID era, the Schmo used to go to Chicago at least once a year. Haven't been to Chicago since the UFC was there, since uh, Marlon Marais was defeated by Henry Cejudo, actually. UFC 238, that was the last time the Schmo was there, June 2019. We're due to go back to the city we love. Yeah, Chicago's a great, it's one of the few cities you can go to 
uh, if you live in New York and actually have a, 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 just a good time, even if you have nothing to do, just going out to eat and look, it's an impressive place to be. Chicago is a great city. A lot of influences for the Schmo character come from Chicago, the yeah. Chicago second city legends, the John Belushi's, the Chris Farley's, the Mike Myers. And then even someone the Schmo admired growing up who had those big glasses, not yellow frame, but Harry Carey, longtime broadcaster for the Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox. Now, did you do any um, any type of second city when you were there? Never did, but the Schmo, they were dumb enough to allow the Schmo in the honors college, whatever that means at the University of Arizona. And I took an honors acting class as an elective my sophomore year. That was it. That's all the, the taste of acting or improv the Schmo ever had. But the Schmo was always a goofball class clown, always would do anything for a laugh. So it all came full circle. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but the Schmo's in fucking shape. He's in shape, this guy. Uh, what do you do? You train? What do you do with the training? You do any kind of martial arts? Or? The Schmo hasn't been able to do consistent martial arts since the Schmo became popular because everyone's got their phones, don't want to go biased, don't want to go to extreme couture and piss off syndicate, don't want to go to syndicate, piss off extreme couture. Right. You know, so the Schmo hasn't been able to do consistent training like we used to do. However, the Schmo keeps the same type of strength and conditioning workouts in place we do a lot of full body stuff a lot of hit stuff a lot of landmines a lot of plyo a lot of squats a lot of deadlifts and the schmo's better half helen happens to be training for the olympic trials for the 50 freestyle 100 meter uh freestyle as well so we're doing a lot of swim workouts a lot of pushing a lot of legs a lot of back so it's keeping the schmo in shape yeah people who swim are in fucking amazing shape. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm such a pussy, but I would swim. I would just kind of dog paddle and, and try to get a few laps in and convince myself I was exercising. I fucking sink. I don't sink. Sink. I don't say I sink. You don't swim. I sing though. Too much mass. I could see a sinking pretty quickly. Yeah. Mr. yeah. I'm like a little fucking boulder. You know what I mean? Schmo. Schmo. A lot of controversy over the, uh, Holly Holt fight the other night was Caitlin Vera. I don't know. Maybe I don't know why I'm not feeling it, man. I thought it was going into the fifth round, and the fifth round was not overly fucking overboard for home. I'm a home fan, Holly Holm fan. I thought it was close enough to be like, okay, it can go either way. Too many people even Andre putting too much on what Andre Pederis did between rounds. Oh, even the coach said she was down three rounds. Well, dude, if it's close, that's what he's supposed to say. Otherwise, there's no urgency. And then she will, you know, I mean, she came out with an urgency in the beginning of that fifth round, Caitlin, whether whether you give it to her or not. So I don't know. I, I seen I see worse decisions. A hundred percent seem worse decisions. I mean, it just seems like everyone's piling on. It's early in the week. What? We don't have UFC fights this weekend, Memorial Day weekend. But listen, we saw the same thing for the John Jones, Dominic Reyes fight. A lot of people had Dominic Reyes winning that fight. But this tends to happen when you leave it to the judges. This is what happens. Then you see everyone talk about, should we do open scoring? Should we not do open scoring? You see the arguments going back and forth. But ladies and gentlemen, this is what you get. We got a young sport. We're three decades in. Think about where the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball was during their inception, their first few decades in there. You got to work out the kinks in that situation. Oh, and by the way, we've adopted a scoring system from a different sport which is boxing. So you're going to have these types of kinks. So when you have different athletic commissions, you have different criteria, who's going to score what better control time, damage time, all these different types of elements, the consistency is what always gets the schmo. But yes, to your point, Mr. Sarah, I did not see a situation. Yeah. The schmo had Holly home winning three rounds to two. It's not a robbery that Caitlin Vieira got the decision. This is what happens when you leave it up to the judges. Yeah, I've seen worse. I agree. I thought it was three to two um, as well, but I, it wasn't the worst decision I've ever seen in my life. But uh, I don't know. I thought 10 minutes to one control time against the cage. Again, she wasn't doing a whole lot of damage. She was throwing some punches. But I mean, that's a that's you know, that's a lot of time to have somebody pressed up against the cage. I thought he actually should have broken them up at uh, a few different points. I thought it went on for too long up against the cage. Uh, another one I want to throw at you guys, Michelle Pereira versus uh, Santiago Pantanibio. I thought they could have went either way. I wasn't, I mean, I don't think so. I thought they could have went either way. It went to, it went to Pereira, but Santa, I can see why Pantanibio would be upset. But again, it was too close to be like, hey, dude, really? But that's how, because that's how he walked out of the cage. And I get it, because he's thinking of all the times he landed his jab and his right hand and his kick. But uh, very close fight, though. Fucking I thought Prairie uh, clearly won. Again, it wasn't a blowout, but I, I definitely thought he won. That front kick he kept throwing was, 
uh, was beautiful. And I'm not just saying that because I picked him to win by decision. Uh, I thought that was a that was a good call. I thought they got that one right. I like the pressure. I like the damage. Shmo, do you do any like your own podcast or anything, or or no, you don't do a podcast. No, I do. I do the Schmo Zone podcast, but I'm not the Schmo. I'm myself and I do it with Helen where we just do our behind the scenes stuff and we do it. We have a studio here in Las Vegas and then Ivy have the show with Henry. But uh, that's the consistent podcast that I have. The, the one hour sit down, Helen and I, and we always have a guest on. We got to have you guys on. Oh, fuck. And wait, is it is it is it Schmo or Dave on that one? It's David in that one. Oh, so now when you do that, is it all uh, is it MMA? Is it sports or is it just kind of anything? It's all sports, but we typically do a lot of combat sports. We specialize mostly MMA. We do have boxers on there. We've had a lot of different variety of people. We've had, you know, we've had Shane Victorino baseball. We've had over here, Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders on the show. So we, we switched it up for different professional sports as well. But the primary focus has been mixed martial arts. I've interviewed a lot of athletes and I always find that the, the uh, MMA guys were, were the guys I liked the most out of all the athletes. And, and again, Rogan had that great theory because they're always getting tapped in the gym. Almost like there, there's always a checks and balances, no matter how good you are, you're always being kind of checked in the gym. So nobody walks around with an ego, like say a guy who's just hitting home runs. Um, I haven't found a, I like football players, baseball players, any of them as much as I liked MMA fighters. And it kind of turned me in, against watching other sports because I like these guys so much. Yeah, the Schmo one, the Schmo character started, we were covering NFL and NBA. Those were the two largest sports in, in this country, most amount of marketing dollar and whatsoever. But what we find is the publicists in these team sports seem to control the message. It's very hard to get to them. A lot of these basketball players grew up playing AAU basketball, were given hundreds and thousands of dollars, shoes, clothes, whatever. Uh, same thing for football, scholarship offers in the eighth grade. We, the Schmoke covered like these Nike Elite 11 football camps when these high school football players were literally given everything but the kitchen sink. They were getting everything, money, gifts, everything. So they were spoiled and their, their perception of reality was completely altered. What's so great about mixed martial artists, and I could throw boxers in this too, they're very humble. They have, they understand a lot of them what it's like living paycheck to paycheck and you're only as good as your next fight. That Some of these guys can't do this full time. So they have to work other jobs. So you get a lot of humility. You get a lot of personability in there. And that's what the schmo really finds rewarding when we interview these cats. Yeah. And you wonder, is there, is there a difference because a team sport is a different mentality than a solo sport? Is it that you have to have, you have a certain attitude when you're rising above the rest of the people on your team or yeah, maybe it's got that's something to do with team sport as well, but yeah, maybe it is the humility, but uh, I just, I just like, uh, combat athletes a lot more as just guys to talk to. They're always nicer. I always find them nicer to the fans too. Like when you watch Dana or you watch these fighters who sit uh, in Dana's section, work the crowd when they walk out, they're always, I mean, even guys like Wonderboy and Liddell, who are like two of the biggest stars you can have. They're always nice to the fucking fans. They always stop and take a picture. 100%. Shmo, behind the scenes, you or your alter ego, you're going out with your, your missus. What do you guys like to do? What do you like to do besides, I'm going to say besides training, because I usually say that to fighters, but but what do you guys like to do? You guys go to the movies, a little bowling? You guys got any hobbies you guys do together? We're extremely competitive. And you just said it. We love to bowl. We love to mini golf. Ooh. Our cheat meals, ice cream. We like to try ice cream in all the different cities we travel. Travel's a huge component. We like to hike. We like to be at the beach. We're both very active, outdoorsy people. So being on a mountain or being by water is very important to us. When it, whether it's mini golf, whether it's bowling, those little games that are competitive, that's what that's what uh, grinds the gears in a positive way. How long are you married? Not not married. We've been dating oh. for a little over three years. Oh, okay. I know everyone asks the schmo when you pop in the question. When you pop in the question, the schmo does things on his time. Okay. Yeah, take your time. Don't let anybody rush you. Yeah, Jimmy, get him out of these uh, under under these hot lights. So, you guys go to movies at all or no? Not as much during COVID. Uh, the last movie we saw in theaters actually was Jackass. 4.0 and we just watched 4.5 and they're huge supporters of the UFC. Great stuff. I love interviewing Steve-O. Great guy on and off camera. So got to support the guys. Yeah, he's yeah. been on here before. He's like, yeah, Jimmy was going to ask you if you've seen Dr. Strange. You go, Jimmy, stop. The show's an adult. Yeah. Don't bring up Dr. Strange. Yo, but it was so good, Schmo. If you ever want to see that, you want to get a little guilty pleasure and you want to see a comic book movie that's really good and kind of 
Jimmy, stop, Jimmy, stop looking at me. No, like, but I knew Jimmy, this is the beauty Jimmy. of this. I knew you wouldn't be able to resist, like, because I wasn't going to say anything. So I knew you'd have to talk about how good it was. I would never see Doctor Bro, Strange. It was like a horror movie. You ever hear of Sam Raimi? No, no. All right, then fuck it, Schmo. Anyway, listen, it's a good, it's a good fucking movie. It was apparently a good movie. Matt loves it. Um, and, and what was the first UFC event you went to? The first UFC event as the Schmo as media or just going as a fan? Just as a fan or anything. The first one the Schmo actually had tickets for actually was at the United Center. Was Kobe Covington against RDA for the interim welterweight title, right. UFC 225, United Center. You know, let me ask you, Schmo. Your alter ego here, it does nothing but enhance and actually brings joy to people. There's other people with alter egos like Kobe Covington, unless he's just a cock all around, but I think it's more of an alter ego. It brings, he, they say things or he says things that, that I mean, they actually, I mean, God, you could, you could argue why, why he got assaulted, but it got him assaulted by Jorge Masvidal. There's repercussions. It changes the life for, it changes your life for the worse, I'd imagine. Is it worth it? Do you think? Do you think it's worth it for a guy like Kobe to do that alter ego and, Oh no! It's hard to it's hard to say for the future, but for the present, it's honestly what's kept him in his eyes in the UFC. He's notoriously been saying he would have been cut. You know, I I don't have actual text evidence or paperwork to justify that, but he claims had he not changed, had he won against Damian Maya and just went off to the sunset in Brazil, didn't say anything on the mic, he'd been cut. That's what he had been told. So he gets on the mic. He does this bravado. He says this his stuff. But what makes it so intriguing here is that he's very consistent with it. He doesn't break character. He's loyal to the T for the character. He's saying things that are getting under the skin, and that's his intent to piss off the fighter. Even before they enter the octagon, they're already on edge because they're already so pissed off about the personal things that he's attacked. With This is terrible. The Schmo's not condoning it, but he's been consistent with it. And to this point, through his bank account, through getting the fights, through, through relevancy, the clicks. He's one of the most talked about fighters. But what point will that completely run dry? Will it be because he never gets an opportunity to fight for the welterweight title again? That's to be seen. Will he get to that point? Does it get to a point where people just get so sick of him? And I know Dana White notoriously allows the freedom of speech, but let's just say it gets to a point Somehow, some way where a bar, a line is completely crossed. We saw what happened to him with on the streets with Masvidal, okay? And the sucker punch. If justice does not somehow humble him and get served, how far will this go? And then we can see where the regret will lie, but that's going to likely be in the future, and it's not right now in the present. I, I think you're right, and, and he's, you know, he's a lot of things, but he's not a stupid guy. And even though, even if he doesn't fight Usman again, or I think the longer Usman stays champion, the worse it is for Colby because they've already fought twice. Um, but you still want to see him fight other people because people love him or they hate his guts and want to see him get his ass kicked. But nobody is indifferent to him. And it's a very smart uh, strategy. I don't like most of the shit he says, but he did have the sitting president of the United States call him uh, after a fight. I think, I think Trump was still president when he called him while he was at the conference. I mean... So he does inspire something in people, whether they love him or hate him. Hey, listen, he's a really good fighter. I hate. And he's a good fighter. Yeah. If he did all this and he wasn't a good fighter, it'd be worth nothing. His it, not that he couldn't talk this much shit and, and and have that bad boy fucking persona. That's fine. But anytime wife and kids and you're saying stuff to Dustin about his wife and you, you try to get a fight and it's like it. it I mean. I don't know. I'm not surprised that Jorge attacked him. I'm not surprised that Verdum hit him in the head with a boomerang. It's like, if you want to do, it's almost like selling your soul. It's like, all right, dude. Cause now you, it's, it's, you're talking about innocent people and, and like, it, it, you might get somebody heated, but rightfully so. And you got to expect almost those kind of repercussions. I, I feel at least you deal with fucking psychopaths. You think I'm normal? Think I'm fucking normal. So when you're fighting a cage for a living, Listen, I know it's a sport, but some of us, you know, the temperament, you're a fucking fighter. So when you get disrespected, you want to you want to handle it. And if for some reason you can't handle it or even Oi had his time to handle it, but he didn't get he didn't get the result he wanted, but he still felt disrespected. He's going to keep coming after you. So I don't know. You get what you sign up for is what I tell you. Scorn. 
Well, Shmuel, we uh, our next guest is here. We have to uh, we have to to let you go. But this was really fun, man. We'd love you to come back again anytime you want. It was really great having you on. Hundred percent. Thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy your day. Thanks for having the Shmo. We'll do it again soon. Let's promote your podcast too, buddy. Uh, where can people hear you and Henry Cejudo? Or is there more than one you want to promote? Yes, let's promote the Triple C and Schmo show. There's a YouTube channel for it. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you get your downloads for the podcast. You can find the Schmo Zone on the Schmo's YouTube channel, and you can also download it Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. The Schmo Zone. You get the Schmo out of character. That's the intriguing part. And Helen, a beautiful Helen, the Schmo and Helen together. Schmo, oh, great. Schmo, I am officially in front. I did it before when we were in person. You know I did. I'm doing it now. I, I'm not a bit too big to apologize. To apologize, I apologize for the first time we met. Sometimes I'm a little standoffish. I'm a little weird, but now I like you know I like now I hug you when I see you, Matt. You're a legend. No need to apologize. The schmo respects you before we met you. Respect you after we met you. You do so many great things for the sport. You always make the schmo laugh. You're great at everything you do. We appreciate the time for both you, you and Jimmy. Good talking to you, man. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. Lady Schmo. I like the Schmo. Yeah, I, I do like too. I felt bad, Jimmy. Some, I don't, I'm not usually grumpy, but I think he came at it. It was a little, maybe I had an off day. It happens, Matt. You know? I can I testify to the fact that you're a delight. Oh, fuck. Jimmy, <laughs> I mean, you dropped something when you were giving me a compliment and, and it, it took away everything. I dropped my phone loudly in the no rug room. Here's what I'm going to say. What could you attest to? You're a delight. I can attest to the fact that you're a delight. What about what do you mean? A trial? I've been watching that Amber Heard trial, Jimmy. Yeah. But what a great couple. Dude, she was saying, oh, you're washed up. What was she saying? She called him fat and washed up. Sounds like me talking to myself. It was horrible. Yeah. James Franco with that, like an undercover agent in the in the fucking elevator with the hat on. Something the- tells me that they were not a good couple, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. People think the grass is greener or the Hollywood lives some kind of storybook life. I just think they get bored and they just do crazy shit. Sam Hughes, after a great win, let's bring her in. Yes! I want to get, we got to get to know Sam Hughes. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Sam, how are you? Sam, nice to nice to meet you, Sam. Hey Matt, Sarah, it is so nice to meet you. <laughs> well, I'm you another short grappler with, with uh, aggression. I love yes. it. Yes, yes. That was a great fight the other night. That was we, and I don't know if this is true. Who was? Not that it means anything. Who was the favorite going into that? She was. Elise was. Does that have? Does that ever play in your mind? Do you do you at least go like, all right, that's a little extra motivation that you wouldn't have had otherwise? Yeah, I actually love being the underdog. That like gets me going. I'm just like, okay, fuck this. I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. You know, I I love it. I love it. I got. I'm sorry, Jimmy, because you're probably gonna say the same thing. I uh, first of all, I love uh, the safe Saeed. I, I think yes. uh, fantastic. I love seeing him at, at, the, at the fights, but I love him as a corner man. And I I was I love good I'm, the corner work that gets me happy is it's a combination of you know instruction. Some some where to go, but also it, it motivates you. And That's, I, I yes. see that there's a chemistry there. When he was, it reminded me of like a Teddy Atlas with with one of his fighters at a fireman's. Oh camp. man! When he was talking to you, I seen you getting amped up. 
Jimmy said, I didn't hear it. What did you say that she said you heard? It was something about when he said, I want you to take her down. What exactly was that? In between two and three, he was like, you need this finish. You need to, you need to, uh, you need to take her down. You need to dominate her again, but I want this finish. And then it got me so jazzed and like, just the, I don't know, the energy that Safe and I have is just like, I, I work so well under him. And right whenever he was like, okay, let's go, let's get this finished. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill her. And uh, yeah, if I would have, you know, finished up that last minute, you know, just dropping those elbows, it would have been a lot worse, but I, I loved it. It, I love working for safe. It's, it's amazing. Were you surprised it didn't get stopped at the end of the second? I thought it was, might've been getting close to getting stopped at the end of the second. Yeah, a little bit, but I don't think I was doing enough as far as like dropping and landing the elbows um, in the second, as much as I was in the third. So I knew, I knew once, you know, I got unleashed uh, in the third that it was going to get stopped and I was so confident. So I was like, all right, just let me put my hands on her. It reminded me of a fight that I was in a corner of one of my guys, uh, Pumi, and he was, and now look, this is what you said when when you said that safe said, safe said that we needed that finish. And then you said, no, he, you want, he wanted to finish. That, that's a good correction there because you didn't need the finish, but he was, so, he does the deal. And I've said this before in rounds. When you know you have the better athlete and you have the better fighter, it's like, look, right here, I know you're going to win anyway. Like, he, yes. like I, I think it's like safe mind. We know you're going to win. Let's, let's show that we arrived. Let's show them what we're made of. The finish is there. Let's go fucking get it. You get yes. the W anyway. How are you going to get the W? You know what I mean? So that's the kind of shit that I love. Because it's like your trainer sees like, look, all right. It's not. It's very different than uh, entrepreneurs going, we need a fucking thing, Bohan. <laughs> with the fucking fucking spit out the outside in the corner. But listen, uh, it's a different, it's not a desperation. It's more of a, a motivation to look. You're on your way to getting your hand raised. How are we going to get it done? It's up to yes. you how you get it done. And you exactly. picked up those signals and then you, then you unleashed hell. So it was great. And that's, and that's what Coach Safe and I were talking about on the car ride back to the hotel uh, from the Apex. He was like, all I wanted for you was that stamp, stamp of approval for the finish. And that's it. And, uh, and that was big for me because I felt honestly like I had way more pressure going into this fight than I did for the Estella fight. And that's all I wanted. I wanted to just prove to everybody that, hey, that Estella fight wasn't a fluke. You know, I deserve to be here and I am going to show the strawweight division like truly what I'm capable of. And that's, I think that getting that finish proved that. Now, did you make a change in camps? Is that what I heard or no? So I, so I left Washington in uh, last December. So about five months ago um, and drove from Washington state to Texas. And now my family's here. um, And that was like the last straw for me. So I lost in November of 2021. And then I was like, okay, I need to change up some stuff. And then that's whenever I reached out to coach safe and I was like, Hey, Am I able to come train with you? Can I switch camps? And I just want to be like, I want to be your athlete. I want to be, you know, hundred percent committed. And, um, and I wasn't even looking for a fight within the first like six months. I was basically just like, Hey, let me just be there for Jenny Frey and any of the other athletes that you need me to be a body for, um, and just learn and train. And then, so within, I think it was like two or three months. That's whenever he was like, Hey, I got to fight for you. Let's do this thing. And that was the Estella fight. So, um, yeah, I've just been there for a little over five five months. This seems like a fast turnaround for this fight. How did, how did this fight come about? Yeah, so it was funny. Coach Safe, he, um, once we came off the Estella win, um, he was like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm good. The, other, the only thing that I have is just, you know, a few stitches in my nose, but I'm ready to roll. Like, let's, I've got, like, good momentum behind me. I'm building confidence. I was like, let's fucking do this thing. And he was like, this is a good matchup for you, too. You can really show, like, how good you really are. And then, so he believed in me and therefore I believed in myself. So I was like, let's just do this. What Safe did say, what, what I liked was he said, get the finishes between the, the second and third round, get the finish, get this second fucking win in a row and let everyone know you arrived. Yes. I do. That's where the hair gets on. Up. I, like, <laughs> I like it a lot. Jimmy. I know that yeah. the hair stood back on, on my neck too in, in sitting on the stool. And I was like, yep, let's do this. That's Jimmy. I'll tell you, it got me motivated. Now, did you know safe before you made that call? Is it something nope. you've seen? It, oh, so what made you, did you, were you aware of his, obviously his, his coaching style out of all the camps? 
Was it just because your family is from there or what was it? Yeah. So I, it, you know, what's really funny is about three years ago, I had been having troubles with uh, my camps in Washington and my mom, she lives in Dallas. And so her, and my stepdad just went on a walk and then they, they ran into Fortis and then they went in there and were like, Hey, my daughter lives in Washington. This is her. And they actually met safe three years ago and said, uh, you know, she's looking to come down here soon. Um, would, would you be able to, um, bring her in or would she be, you know, allowed to fight for you? And he was like, yeah, of course, just bring her down. Um, and then it wasn't until three years later that I actually decided to, you know, pull the trigger on that. So it was, it was weird. Um, I like timings, everything, but, um, I just knew that I needed to go to Fortis. Um, everybody that I've seen fight for Fortis is like, just such a monster. And just, I, I really resonated with coach safe's coaching style, like in track in cross country. Like I've always had coaches like get in my ass and just yell at me, but like, that's what I need. And that's what I like. Um, yeah. so that's, that's the kind of athlete that I am. And I'm just like, okay, let's, we've got a goal. Let's just do this thing. And I was, I, I'm sorry, Jimmy, I was reading here about you being an athlete, a D one college athlete in running track and field cross and cross country. What at the transition to MMA, when did you start the martial arts? I started in 2016. Um, yeah, I walked into my first MMA gym. Um, that was whenever I moved to Washington State. Um, so I moved there um, in the middle of uh, 2016. So you've only been training. This is crazy. So wait, 16. So what, you've been training for five, six years? Six years now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were kickboxing before that, no? I did. I did. That, so that's where I started with uh, in that MMA gym. I was primarily a kickboxer. I went like 11-0 and 0 or... Yeah, 11 and 0 in kickboxing, and then really started sitting on my grappling and, and wrestling and things like that. Um, up there, I trained with Bar Ponchak, who was the Invicta 125 uh, world champ, and uh, trained under Pat Militic back at when Militic had his uh, camp out in Iowa or St. Louis. You know, a little fun fact uh, only because I don't know if people know this Coach um, Andre Pedaderis, he fought Pat Militic back in the day in like a tournament in UFC. Oh, wow. Just for the UFC fighters out there that just know. Pedaderas as Jose Aldo's coach. He was a fighter yeah. himself, and he fought the great Pat Militich back in the day. Wow. And he also fought, I think, Mikey Burnett. I'm not sure. But he definitely fought Pat Militich. But anyway, okay. so I, I don't know. That's just my ADD coming out of me. But, but <laughs> I am, listen, first of all, it, D1 athlete, so that that definitely makes sense as far as transitioning to the mixed martial arts so smoothly. But holy cow, you, you never wrestled? Yeah, I mean, you only wrestled for the last five, six years. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like I've grown the most since I've been at Fortis. So like really in five and a half months, like working with Jen Frey on, she's a great wrestler. So like just being a little sponge and picking up stuff. It's like, I, I, I like, I, I know what I can like have in what my potential is, but I just can't wait to show everybody else within like one more year of being at Fortis, like truly who I'm going to be like, that's, like, I can't wait to blow people's minds. Yeah, being a D1 athlete, it shows you already have the, uh, you know, the discipline as an as a athlete. But I am just, I, if anybody told me they, they started training and six years later, they're in the UFC, that's fuck, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's yeah, wild. you never hear that. Having brothers growing up, did that, uh, what was your relationship with them? Like, were they overprotective of you or did, was it like trial by fire? Uh, yeah, so they were extremely overprotective, but I, I'm the baby. So I'm the youngest girl and I have three older brothers and I was always trying to do whatever the hell that they were doing, whether it was baseball, football, I was trying to keep up with the boys running around barefoot. Like that was me. Um, and bless my mom's heart. She wanted me, wanted me to be a cheerleader so bad, but I was like, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to keep up with the boys. I want to do whatever they're doing. Um, yeah. So that was me. And I think, you know, I'm always constantly chasing. I love to, you know, be the the weakest person in the rooms because I know that if, as long as I have people that are greater than me, smarter than me, stronger than me, I'm going to like catch them and then surpass them. Cause I know, you know, that's just my ambitious nature. And you said you like being the underdog. So that's almost like, I think you like catching people off guard too. Yes. Uh, you, you, you like the, the look on somebody's face when they're like, ah, oh, fuck. Like oh, when they just shit. didn't yeah. realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was my favorite part about the Estella fight was um, in the second round, I saw her t- take a deep breath and she goes, <sighs> and I was like, I got your ass. I got yeah. you. Yep. I already know. 
Yeah, I do cross country, bitch. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> My lungs are fine. Exactly. Uh, I'll tell you that that is, that is so wild. It really is. So what do you, you know, first of all, before I ask about your hobbies, what, what does your family think of your choice of profession? Oh, they love it. They, they absolutely love it. My mom, she's, you know, even in like whenever I fought as an amateur, she was always the loudest one. I could always hear her ass in the, uh, in the crowd, like cheering, like, yeah. So she's always the loudest one. My brother loves it. Um, my stepdad, my dad, like they, they all go nuts for it. And, and let me ask you, besides training, cause I, I could tell you probably run on your day off or whatever. Uh, besides training, what do, what do you like to do? Hobbies wise, movie books. What do you like to do? I love to read. I, um, but I love like everything outdoors. Um, so I've actually got a horse. I love to horseback ride. Um, I love to shoot guns. Actually, you know, what's funny is fight week. So, um, uh, safe will probably be mad that I told this story, but we went to, uh, this archery place, um, in Vegas and we shot bow and arrows and I whooped both their asses. And that was the first time that I've ever done that. That was your first time? Yeah, that was my first time in Coach Safe. He was like, what the hell? He was like, this is bullshit. I can't believe this. So it was funny. So, But I think I you know, won some brownie points on that one with him. And so I'm going to be his little right hand, you know, straw weight. Now, being a competitive, what is something you're not good at that you're like, I really am going to get good at this because I, I want to compete better? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, or was there anything that you tried that you weren't that great at that you just didn't take to and that you just kind of tried it once or twice? Not so much like anything like athletic. Uh, I love it. Um, and I've kind of like naturally picked up on it. Um, but I mean, maybe the shooting, uh, maybe like shooting guns and things like that. Like I wasn't like great, but the more I did it, I was getting better at it and stuff, but I, I love to shoot guns. You do. I do. Yeah. I don't think I've shot since I was in camp as a kid. Thinking of us, they took us like out. We shot rifles when I was in camp, but I think it's probably been about 30 years or so, 40 years since I've done that. Are you a good shot? Yeah. Now, now I'm a pretty good shot, but I haven't done it probably in like six months or so. So I need to get back out there. Actually, less than that. It was like four months because there's this place out in Dallas called Elm Fork. And it's pretty fun because you get to take like shotguns. And then go around and do skeet shooting and then drive to the next little hole. And so it's, it's really fun. Skeet shooting seems like such pressure. Isn't that when they go pull and they let yes. the thing go, ah, oh, fucking pressure that just, it just seems like it's, it's just yeah. so, you know, you really need good hand-eye coordination to pull that off. Yes, yes, definitely. But it's fun. It's, it's really fun. fun. I tried that in Texas. And on the same day we tried archery. I think neither neither one of them made the episode when we shot it. But uh, <laughs> both me and Dean Thomas, we sucked at both of those things. Really? <laughs> I'm not a big gun guy. Only okay. only in VR, I murk a lot, but, <laughs> which is a standard thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big gun guy. I'm 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 a worry ward. Okay. You ever see that video of there's a, a young girl and this for some reason she was learning how to use an Uzi. And then Ooh. she was like, very good. And then she, she shot it and killed the guy. Oh, no. I, I, I mean, not that that's going to bug it. It was horrible. Oh, I don't shit. Recommend that's it. crazy. Yeah. I, I Guns scare me. Yeah. I'm like that with knives. Like, that's the only thing. If I, like, don't trust somebody and, like, they have a knife, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get out of this room because I don't necessarily trust them. But, like, if I trust somebody, I'm like, okay, I'm all right being around knives. But knives aren't my thing. It's kind of hard to go from that to what are your hobbies? Like, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let's try it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you what did you majored in? Uh, what did you major in? Business and, and sports and sports uh, administration. Am I correct? Yeah. So I, for my undergraduate degree, I got a double major in accounting and finance, and then I got my master's in sports management. So the reason I did that was because I thought for a while that I wanted to be a division one track coach. And that was kind of like my love. Um, but unfortunately I, once I was in there, I was, man, I want to be running. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a coach. I want to compete. Um, and so that was like this little burning fire inside me that I was like, man, I got to start, you know, I got to find something to compete in. And so I was like doing road races and stuff like that, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, like helping that fire. It was like only making it worse. So I was like, okay, well, what, what could I do? And then it, I just fell into MMA. So it was, yeah, once I, once I tried my first kickboxing class, I was like, okay, I'm hooked and hopefully I can fight and do this. And, and then once I had my first fight, I was like, I'm sold. This, I love this shit. Now you were, and I don't blame you. You called out Daniel Cormier for calling you a 
after your round one, uh, Dr. Stavish lost to teacher Torres back in December 2020. Yes. Uh, you said you carried that with you for years. Hey, man, I don't blame you. I mean, if, I, if I'm fighting, I see somebody call me a quitter. I'm like, yo, fuck that, dude. And I love Daniel. I'm yes. just saying, no matter who it is. So that's wild. Now, how did you guys bury that hatchet? Now, you, because you're I, I, I think from Twitter. You don't seem, from the background and everything else, that's like blasphemy. You can call me certain things, yes. but a quitter? I mean, that could be very, as a fighter. I took this hit the heart. Like, I, I stood over that. Like, I had dreams about it. I had dreams that I, like, talked to him. You know, it, I like, I respect DC. Um, you know, yeah. like, he's, he's great. But that pissed me off. And the fact that it pissed me off was because I didn't quit in that fight. The doctor came in and was like, uh, covered this eye and asked me how many fingers I was holding up. And I was blind. I was blind for 48 hours after that fight. And that scared the shit out of me. And so I was honest with my corner. And I said, well, I can't see. And the doctor just asked me how many fingers he was holding up. And I said the wrong number. Um, so I didn't quit. I even said, no, if you go back and watch that tape, I said, no, no, please put me in. I can still do this. I can still get this. That's and DC never said anything about that shit. And so that pissed me off. So I was like, what exactly did he say? Him. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, uh, Sam. What, what exactly did he say? He said uh, that I was a quitter because I told my coach that I couldn't see, but the doctor had already come in and assessed everything. So um, my hands were kind of tied at that point, but I was kicking myself for weeks after that fight because I, I was like, I should have never said anything to you. I forgot that you were mic'd up. It was my first fight in the UFC. Like I completely forgot that they could hear everything. And so whenever I said, I can't see, that was the wrong choice to make. I should have been like, yeah, I can see just fine. It's, I'm good. Let's go. You know, but is so, that, that's not being a quitter. If you legitimately can't see, um, yeah. I don't, I don't see how that's like, uh, uh, Bilal Muhammad wasn't quitting against Leon <laughs> Edwards. I mean, if you, if your eye is fucked up, your eye is fucked up, but you know, what are you going to do? You don't want to damage your eye more. Exactly. Or, and then my, uh, corner at that time, he told me his biggest fear was that I couldn't see out of this eye. And that, you know, she would throw a kick and it was, I couldn't see it. So I'd get a head kick, knock out and finish and everything. So he was like trying to protect me against that, but I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, let's, let's just go. <laughs> so how did, is it everything you righted the ship there with, uh, with TC? How did everything go with that? Now, yeah, I think cool. it went okay. Um, he started laughing and was like, Hey, 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 I don't want to fight you. Are you trying to fight me again tonight? <laughs> I started laughing, but I think everything's good. I think we buried the hatchet and I think we're good to go now. That commentary has got to be a rough job because you're trying to be as truthful as you can. You're repeating. You're, you're just talking as it's everything's live. Yep. So, you know, there's got to be a lot when they're done being like, maybe I should. They, they have to second guess themselves sometimes. And I'm sure they do. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't mad. I, you know, listen, it's understandable, yeah. though. That's actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I love him. That's his. That's a rough thing to say. You know what I mean? Because no one. It's like being called a coward. It's like, what? <laughs> Me exactly, fucking crazy. So I get you, Sam. I get you, but thank you, Matt. But that's why you should be feisty about that. You're a fighter, yeah. And yeah. It's like you know, and and, it, and it's uh, not right. But listen, back to positive, Bill. You are you righted the ship, and uh, what a great night! You should be on yeah. cloud nine right now. And what's next? Who do you want? What do we want next? Want to get back in there soon? Or yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I would love to get back in there soon. I know um, that uh, the UFC is coming to Dallas, so that would be amazing in July, but um, we'll kind of see uh, what Coach is thinking. And him and I have talked a little bit, and he wants me to take some time. But um, honestly, now I'm just here for uh, Jen Frey. She's fighting at the end of June. Oh. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for her. So really, I'm just going to you know help her finish up this camp and um, and then just be there for for like a body for her well great i mean congratulations too it was a really really good win i love a good third round tko especially when when you know like matt said before you were winning that fight you did not need the finish i love seeing somebody pour it on in the third round it's great <laughs> you don't see you don't see nearly enough third round tkos uh especially by people up two rounds to nothing so congratulations sam that was awesome Thank you so much. It shows you what you're made of. And again, I, I love that. Tell safe. I said hello. I will. Tell him phenomenal job for him too. Because again, you were going to get the victory, but shit, we wanted you on today after that. We're like, yo, it, you made the decision. Eat. I can, I can just get her down and just win this easily. Or I'm going to fucking put a stamp on it. You listen to your coach. The future is bright. It's very yes, exciting. Sir. All right, Sam. 
You got to come on again soon. Yeah. Hey, whenever you guys invite me back, I'm I'm here. I'm I love it. Thank you guys for the invite. All right. Nice talking to you, Sam. Congratulations. Congrats, Sam. Thank you guys so much. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a sweetheart. Very what nice, a, yeah. What a nice young lady. And she's nice until she's dropping elbows on you. And she's Dude, not so nice. There's certain, certain corner work. And I liked Andre Padaris, too. I was actually yeah. I was there. I'd be scared to go back to the corner sometimes. He was, he was adamant. But it's because he, knew, he thought he had the better fighter. So really quick, again, congrats again to Sam Hughes. I thought that was great. We, we enjoyed the schmo. But... You know, the Holly Holm, Caitlin Vera fight, I think, you know, it, it, def, it, it should have maybe should have went to Holly. But at the same time, I've seen I've seen worse decisions. It wasn't I, a highway robbery, but I thought it was just a bad call. But then again, I mean, you thought maybe Santiago got it. And I thought that uh, Michelle Pajeda uh, definitely won. So it's like, yeah, you know, whatever it's a split well, decision. Well, that, it's, was, that was another close one. Yeah. Because he did land some good shots. Uh, Santiago. And yeah. as it was going on, he seemed to be getting ballsier. He lost that first round. Yeah. But then, uh, I don't know. I enjoyed that fight. And, and Michelle is now going to be ranked. I think he said he was 14th. So I'm going to guess he takes that 14th. I wonder who he fights next. He's a fucking really, really enjoyable guy to watch. Oh, 100%. Um, Chidi, am I pronouncing his name right? Chidi and Giacalone. It means no worries. He did fantastic. Jimmy, that elbow. For, you know, and it's funny. He's like, you see me trying to grapple and shit. He was trying to get a, like a, a, a front choke to a Darce or something, and he didn't get it. But he was trying it. But it was competitive until that fucking elbow just came out of nowhere in the round one. It was like, man, this is a very kabow, that elbow from hell. That elbow we gave him. <laughs> yep. By the way, uh, you were correct. Uh, yes. Jay Alton Almeida against uh, Parker Porter. I think you called it. He shot fast, just like he did at light heavyweight, and he took him down in the first, and he subbed him. We didn't we pick that fight, or am I crazy? Parker Porter, he was on here with us last he week. He was, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but Almeida was looked really, really good, and the weight, the, the jump up in weight did not hurt him. No, no, and uh, I wanted to see if Parker could just like weather that storm and like get back up, but. We didn't get to see any of yeah. it. We didn't get to see anything by him. He got taken out too quick. And by the way, Chase Hooper looked great. Oh, Jimmy! Against Kolaris. Yeah, that was a great, great fight. Another third-round TKO, by the way. Another third-round TKO. I loved that fight, Jimmy. I loved it. He is like a combination of Damian Maya and Ronnie Yaya. Like, he's a fucking... He's got great jiu-jitsu, but he's getting better standing up. He's yes. such a young kid. He's only 22. And I'll, I like watching Chase Hooper because he looks like a skinny little Tom Holland type. And all of a sudden, he's out there. Just, his jujitsu is so beautiful. It's I, The one time he had a leg, he had the leg up. And he, like, jumped. Like, he, like the way he tripped him down was, is very unconventional. And you have positions on him. People get – first of all, it was a good jujitsu match down there, too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. What was his opponent's name? Uh, Kolaris. Kolaris had jujitsu as well. So it was a, a high-level grappling match down there <laughs> in, in, in MMA, and I enjoyed every second of it. I really did. And uh, it might look like they just look like a flow roll down there, but 
He doesn't stop moving, Chase Hooper. He does not stop moving. On he the doesn't court. let you get a breath. To, I'm cross-eyed on him. Let me get a – no, you're in a, a dominant position. Now he's a dominant position on you. You're cross-eyed on him. Now he's cross-eyed on you. You're, you know what I mean? So it's like I like it. He's like a Gumby-type jujitsu guy, very Gumbyish. Gumby is a very, like, plastic man. Okay, for those kids out there, I don't know who Gumby is. Okay. Uh, Jimmy. Yes, sir. I know. We're going to go. We're going to go. Let's just see. What else did we talk about? Uh, Tabitha Ricci, Richie, I should say. Uh, Ricci. Let's call the whole thing. The Ricci. Yeah. Over uh, Pauliana Viana. Tabitha Ricci de- defeated uh, Pauliana Viana. And you know what? You know, if you don't have a good sprawl, Good takedown defense is having a dangerous guard where they don't want to be in that guard because you're so dangerous. And that is what Pollyanna had or has. And usually, you know, people follow her down there. She can submit you, get you arm locked, triangle, guillotine. But Tabitha Ricci, you know, she has jujitsu. She's not afraid to engage with her down there. And, you know, she showed how to use good proper posture, striking, Proper passing, even the half guard, uh, using your knees to create space when they're going for arm locks. Uh, she did a lot of right things in there, and that that gave it a confidence to to follow her down to the ground and continue to go for those takedowns, where a lot of people won't do that, you know, because they're afraid of that ground game. So that's one of the reasons why we want to see um, Islam Makachev fight fucking Charles Oliveira. Yeah, he's gonna follow him down there. Yeah, right? it's a different fight, obviously, but it's a the same premise there. And I think Oliveira makes a mistake if he tries to wait till November. I, I heard the rumor was November. Again, that was just a rumor. It might be wrong. But if he tries to wait because he is not the champion, so there is no champion right now. Hey, congrats to Eric. Oh, nope. Sorry. <laughs> congrats to, I was just reading our notes. Congrats to Jun uh, Young Park because uh, split decision by Eric Anders. It could have went to Eric Anders. Yeah. It really could. It was a good fight. You know, mm-hmm. I understand why it was written like this. Could have went the other way. Could have, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Uh, and that's it. I'm happy to. I'm happy we got to meet uh, Sam Hughes. Me too. I liked you, her a lot. Me and the schmo was all good. Oh, yeah, he was great. I never, I never, I knew nothing about him. He was very enjoyable. Can I say something here? My, my, one of my kids is sick, or else I would have been there today and would have had to take it off. But uh, today, May 23rd, is declared Aljamain Sterling Day in Nassau County. All right, Mark Lamont yes. from Newsday. So they're going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because Mark Lamont is a friend of mine from Newsday, and he goes, "Wait a minute!" He goes, "You got a fucking Chris Weidman day? You got an Aljo day? There was three champs from here. How come you? I go, dude. I really? agree. I don't have a day. I don't have a day. I'm not upset about it. But listen, <laughs> what the fuck? Two out of three. But listen to me. I'm happy." For young Aljo to have a day. Come on, man. So today they're going to Uniondale and uh, Uniondale High School. And that's where Aljo graduated high school. Yeah. He's going back to his uh, old high school. And they're going to have a motorcade and this and that. It's beautiful. So congrats. That's very nice. Well, yeah, congratulations, Aljo. Champion world. Aljo Ster- Aljamain Sterling Day, May 23rd. Yep. What is Chris Weidman's day, guys? Look that up really quick. Chris Weidman has a day also. But you know what, Jimmy? Every day is my day. Yeah, this should be a Matt Sarah day. We are, every day is my day. I have, I'm living, Jimmy, the absolute dream. By the way, I want to tell you, Nassau County proclaims July 17th is uh, Chris Weidman day. So Nassau County, Nassau County specifically, has three champions. Yeah. Aljamain Sterling, Chris Wyman, and, you know, I, I, I had the belt. But, uh, listen, I'm just happy my buddies have days. You understand? Uh, yeah, I understand. I, what was I up to before that? I had something else to say, bro. I can't let you go without saying what I got to say. Say what you got to say. Yeah, I got nothing else. But, uh, oh, this is what I was going to say. I'm not going to be here. I'm going with the wifey to Vegas. And on Wednesday, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're shooting something for the UFC. Not her. Not fun. I'll bring it with me. Okay, yeah, I don't blame you. He is me and my wife. Uh, congratulations. When's the anniversary? Jimmy, she did so good in her kickboxing. I know. You were proud, right? Oh, Jimmy, it was so good. She, the girl she pulled was a tough girl from Queens, 24 years old. My wife's 38. Wow. And, uh, 
they thought they were fighting a, a, a normal 40 year old close to and shit, man. My wife trains hard. So I mean, it was, it was, she was very ballsy. Longo doesn't bullshit. You know what I mean? He was very impressed with her and the ring is the cage, the ring or cage is the truth. You know what I'm saying? So you can't fake it in there. And you felt uh, good seeing her get that win, right? So happy. Yeah. So happy. But uh, only cause you know, she's a good person. So Jimmy, listen, did a couple cameos the other day. I'm on cameo. Good. So I'm at sarahbjj.com. I'm over there in Huntington, Long Island. I'm there more than I'm home. Anybody wants to get some arm locks. But listen, you don't have to train with me, but you really should train. I know. Is everybody out there, join a jujitsu school. Uh, what else? What do you guys say, Jimmy? Uh, just tonight and Wednesday, I'm doing an hour at the Fat Black Pussycat. And just go to jimnorton.com for other dates. I got Denver, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware all coming up. I don't know who's going to be your guest host, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not going to have nearly as much as fun as when you're with me. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be great and everybody's going to enjoy it. And then the following week on Memorial Day, I don't know. I don't think we're sure. I don't think we're going to be here. But, we'll, but, but, some, but, you know, there'll be an episode up. Yeah. We'll like that. Everybody, we love you all. Yeah. Jimmy, love you specifically. And I love you, Matt. And I'll talk to you and have a good trip. And I'll talk to you next week. Definitely, Jimmy. I'll face the anniversary. I don't thank you. I don't think I can wait a week without seeing you. Know, I'm definitely going to face on you. Please do. All right. Make sure you pick. If I don't answer, I'm just busy. <laughs> if you don't answer, you're in Doctor Strange watching the movie. Yes. I'll see you soon, brother. All right, buddy. Bye, everyone. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.